This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Every year, as we wrap up Q3 and start to go into Q4, it's time to start considering our goals for the upcoming year. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, being a goal setter, I always thought we set goals in December or maybe even in January. Yet as I stepped into Gary and Jay's world, I understand that if you want to have big success, you have to have a bigger view of time. And I also understood that the, the activities that we do today often show up in the form of results 90 days plus from now. So as we wrap up Q3 and head into Q4, we need to be thinking about our goals for next year. We need to be thinking about where we want to go and what's important to us because the activities we do in Q4 are our results in Q1. And no one succeeds alone. Every year we set goals, but we struggle to have a relationship with them. We understand what we might want in the future, but we don't know the one thing we can do today to be on track. And we especially lack a relationship in our goals with the people who have a stake in them. And quite often that's a significant other. For those of you who are in a romantic relationship, ask the question, if we looked at your track record for how you set goals, do you actually involve the people that matter most to you in those decisions? We know for a lot of people, the answer is no. And for those of you who are in a business partnership or part of a team, when you set your goals, do you set them with your colleagues? Again, we know the answer is no. What do you think the cost is of that? Over the past decade, Jay Papazan and his wife, Wendy Papazan, have escaped their normal environment, gotten a hotel room, gotten a babysitter for the kids, and done a goal-setting retreat so that they can really understand what matters to the other person put a plan in place to support them getting there and establish a way for them to talk about their relationship and what they want together. And some pretty extraordinary things have become possible in their life as a result. This month, we dedicated our monthly One Thing webinar to interviewing Jane Wendy about their journey, hosting a goal-setting retreat, the proven practices they've used for setting goals as a couple. And we invested a lot of time talking about what do you do when that other person in your world isn't a goal setter or just isn't interested in setting goals with you. Pay close attention. And if this, if you are that person who you, you want to enlist the support of somebody else, have them listen to this episode. You're going to find that it's actually not about changing them or getting them to become a goal setter. More about extending an invitation to putting a plan in place so you can grow a life together. As you go through this, if you find yourself saying, you know what, I would like to do a goal setting retreat this year, we hope that you join us. We're going to host a retreat here in Austin for about 300 people at a beautiful resort. Go to the onething.com slash event. That will take you directly to the executive summary page. That's the onething.com slash event. And if you are unable to make it to Austin, we also have an online course version. We have people who've done it all over the world and it has changed the way they communicate. Both of those are available at the onething.com slash event. With that, let's get into this conversation with Jay and Wendy Papazan. Welcome to our monthly One Thing webinar. The purpose of this week's or this month's webinar is to talk about proven practices for setting goals as a couple. And while our One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat is branded as a couple's experience, it's far more than that. This is a model for how you go about casting a vision for your life with the people who have a stake in your success, whether that be a romantic partner, whether it be a business partner, your team, friends, or if you want to go through it as an individual, it all applies to you. This month, uh, since we're gearing up for goal setting season, which for some of you might surprise you, uh, we want to take a step back and walk through what this model looks like and how this came to be and help you walk away with clarity on one thing that you can do so that as you look forward to the next year, you set yourself up to make it one of the best years you could possibly have. So with us, we have Jay Papazan and Wendy Papazan. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, hey. thanks for having us. Thank you. Our, our pleasure. So I... I'm curious, we're recording this in August, and I, I said goal season, goal setting season is right around the corner. And I'm sure some people went, it's August, dude. What are you talking about? Why do we start thinking about our goals for next year now? Well, so it's funny. Anna Kruger, hi, Anna, made a comment that October 1st equals January 1st. So 
my wife's in real estate. And I know a lot of the people here are in real estate. The activities that you're doing today to create business won't even show up till next year. Yep. So whether you realize it or not, you're already working in 2020 for those individuals. Um, I know one of the things that rubbed off on me from Gary is usually sometime in October, um, sometime in November, he would actually give me his calendar blocked out from January to August of the next year. Just said, as you're preparing for next year, I want to make sure that we're in sync. And you realize if he's giving that to me in October, when did he start planning his year and his priorities? The bigger your world, the earlier that starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I'm curious, what did your journeys as, as goal setting together look like? Well, Wendy gets the credit. She's the one who first invited us to take a goal setting retreat. You want to share that story? Yeah. Well, I think Jay and I have always been, um, we've always set some goals together. Mm -hmm. And then after we had children, there was just less time to really think about it and spend time on it intentionally. And and then honestly, as your world gets more complicated, you really need to be more intentional with what you do and, and sort of plan it out. And so that first year, our kids were pretty little. I think they were maybe like one and two, something like that. And I was a stay-at-home mom, you know, just was probably with a lot of time on my hands, right? <laughs> and uh, so I suggested to Jay, I said, hey, let's just take a weekend together. And I downloaded all these different questions from the internet and pasted them all together. And I said, let's really do a deep dive into our life and look at where we want to be, right? So and that's, that was the genesis of it. I think mainly to get away, but then... You know, the weekend turned out to be super powerful for us and set the stage for a habit that we've been doing for over 13 years. Probably it's going on 13, 13 years, years, if not 14. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the origin date. We were so sleep deprived back then with two small kids. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to remember. Yeah. I remember thinking I was in trouble. She's like, I got this long list of questions. I want us to talk about our <laughs> marriage. And I'm like, oh God, what's happening? What did we do? Um, so it was a little terrifying. And I was really nervous going into it because I wasn't sure what we were going to find out. Yeah. And Sometimes having a framework, and she provided it that first year by having questions that we got to answer together. The question is always uncomfortable, right? Um, how do you feel about our romantic life right now when you have two kids under two? Well, not great, but we weren't talking about it. So it gave us a chance to talk about things. And you know, we have a date night now. There are things that come out of those conversations that are true gifts. Also, so, a weekend away helps with your oh, yes. marriage. Yeah, getting yeah. away from the kids. Yeah. Um, the retreat part of it is very important. You're not being you're not having to stop your goal planning to go mow the yard or whatever. But it was great. It was great. It forced us to kind of have some conversations that we've been delaying or, or avoiding. And the benefit of that is we got to find an answer together versus just kind of hoping it would magically appear. So mm-hmm. I think somehow having a framework with this intentionality behind it made it easier to, to ask, ask and answer some of the questions as yeah. opposed to just having dinner, sitting on the sofa and being like, hey, how's how's our marriage doing? Yeah, in the middle of date night, let's talk about finances. Yeah. A little weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it started with that rough framework of questions. And we, as we wrote the one thing, we added to it every year. It kind of organically grew into the process that, you know, Jeff, you and I now share. Yeah. So fast forward to today, walk us through what your goal setting retreat looks like. So I'll start and you tell yeah. me where I got it wrong. Talk about last year? Well, last year was really fun because we yeah, went to Nashville. Super fun. We took what would have been a business opportunity, um, got invited to be on the uh, a podcast, yeah. uh, Entre Leadership. Entre Leadership. And so we was like, okay, well, we have an opportunity to go to Nashville. Let's just make that our retreat. But I'll just say in general, the framework is we want to get out of the house. And so night number one is the night before the goal setting part. We are in a hotel, like we've done it, like literally finding a cheap one here in Austin. So we don't have all the expensive travel, but we're also out of our house. And the night before we have a nice dinner together, it's kind of a reward, let's get away. Mm -hmm. And we start soft talking through like, what is it we want to have on our agenda tomorrow without really working? And we might have a notebook, but what's on our agenda for tomorrow? Do you want to talk about travel? And we talk about some of the fun stuff. And then we wake up the next morning we have our laptops, whatever materials we need, and we start working through our agenda. And at a broad strokes level, it's we check in on our five-year goals mm-hmm. as a family and as a couple. Like, where do we want to be financially, spiritually, our physical health, like the seven circles in the book. 
Uh, we try to check in on those. And I'll tell you the key relationships, we've broken that out. Like, what do we want to have happen for Veronica, for Gus, for your parents, Our for children. my parents? Well, it's parents too. We oh, talked yeah, about but I mean, your I'm, sister. I'm everyone who are oh those are our children obviously if they don't know Mm -hmm. and we just work through that and then based on that we try to set very clear goals for the next year and as we teach people we kind of start by like where where are we going on vacation next year block those things on the calendar first oh that's really fun because we both love to travel save that like okay we did all this work now we get to talk about vacations yeah and then we work through all the other you know the first time we did it, it felt like a lot of work. It was a lot of work the first time. Now we know what we're doing and we walk in with a little bit of prep work already done. We show up kind of already with our thoughts and it's about just getting on the same page. Because sometimes we have goals, like Wendy does a thing, um, it's one of the third weekend in January, you've been doing a race with your friends. Mm-hmm. You've been going out to West Texas and doing this 10K. Is it a 10K? Mm-hmm. Um, with some trail of, running. Trail running with some close <laughs> friends. But it's also... A girls get away that happens to fall on the weekend that I like to take the kids on. uh, We go to an adventure in San Antonio around a gaming convention called PAX. And it was something we did together. But then we decided, hey, this will be a chance for dad to be with the kids and for you to be with your friends. But that became a discussion point. Um, We got to talk about it before it happened. So I wasn't surprised like, what? I got the kids by myself. We knew about it months before. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes when you're just really busy and blowing and going all the time and you don't always, you think you're communicating things and we both struggle with this, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, it's on your calendar and you accepted it, but it's a complete surprise to you. And so it's just a way to really talk about some of the big things and really just be intentional, present, you know, so often at home, we've got our phones or we've got kids or the dogs, you know, doing something and it's just really a way to be very intentional and present with each other. And, and I'm hearing I'm hearing alignment. I mean, I yeah. think about so many people that are in relationship or partnership, whether it's romantic or not, staying on the same page is not a given. So we're getting on the same page. We're getting closer together. We're cuddling right oh, now. Cuddling. Now I'm getting jealous. <laughs> there we go. So I, I'm um, curious because I say, I'll share this. She hit on a really important point. And Wendy owns a business. I own business with her and with Gary, and I'm also an employee. And so we have the privilege of having two people in the family that are both kind of um, goal-oriented. So we didn't fight that a lot. But what I hear from people doing this process, if you're the entrepreneur and the other person is not the entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are always bouncing off the walls with energy, right? They've got that new idea and they are, I don't know, maybe a little impulsive. They're going to drive things. The other spouse can feel like they're just getting drug along. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a huge gift if you're the entrepreneur to share your vision with that other person so that those trips to for learning or that new expense is not something that's just coming in out of the blue. Now there's more context and you're not explaining the weekend that you're inviting 10 other entrepreneurs for a getaway or whatever. Like we just hear these stories and the the supporting spouse, right, that's supporting the entrepreneur just feels like they're a ragdoll. And this takes a that out. And it also gives them a chance in a calm, unemotionally charged environment to talk about their needs. Mm-hmm. So I just think when you talk about alignment, um, depending on how the, the couple is set up, it is incredibly important to get alignment so that one person feels like they have a voice in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people also process things differently. Like if you're the, the partner who's quick to process, you're always thinking ahead, and maybe the other person lives more in the present moment. And, and honestly, I even though I've been someone who's, who, who is achievement-oriented and I've done great things, I never really thought of myself as a goal-setter, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think we've both, uh, over the last 10 years, we've be, just become better and better and better at it. That's just a byproduct of doing a lot of goal-setting. And so just that person who's more of like in the present moment, living there, it gives it's the, the framework of the whole weekend gives them time to like unfold things in their mind, right? It's like, I know I'm going to be doing this. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to go with it. You know, and then you've got that whole day of all the questions. And then really the next day, right? It's really that even that third day where you're making some decisions and deciding what you want. And so just that kind of extended framework as opposed to like a conversation where somebody's like, because I know like, let me just give you an example. Like Jay's, when 
you know, Jay likes to go to the movies a lot. And so he would always ask me, hey, let's go to the movies. And and because he's so forward thinking, by the time he's asked the question, he already has like three movies picked out and he'll just be like, boom, boom, boom. Like, which of these movies do you want to see? And because I'm not there, you know, always thinking about the hit movies and things like that. I always felt like, oh, I always have to pick this movie, right? Because he's right there and he's doing it. And this framework allows that person who's just maybe has isn't always thinking about it to to take the time and be intentional and and really process it. So, well, I think you, you, you're leading to a really interesting. Movies on a retreat, though. No, we're not, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> that was just an, that's just an example of Jay's like always thinking ahead. Like yeah. he's a very he's a visionary yeah. person. Yeah. He's always you know a lot of times I'm like just be here now at the table with us. Um, and I feel like I live more in the present moment, even though I am a goal setter now. But sure. it's just, yeah. It's what you said. It's how you get alignment. And it happens in a, in a controlled environment. It's, it's not uncommon to see one partner be that future forward goal setter. And then to have the other person be in the present, doesn't identify as goal setter. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I have a theory, right? I think a lot of times when you, it could be a little bit of nature, right? One person, you know, came into the relationship already predisposed, but you think about division of labor, right? And how that works in a healthy marriage. This person cooks and the other person does the dishes or, you know, you handle this and I'll do the checkbook. You tend to, by repetition, right? Get better and better at the things that you do more often. Like you're really good at booking travel. I stink at it, right? Because when we get excited about trips, part of the fun for you is you're going out and actually doing all that stuff. So if it's naturally fallen to the relationship, instead of it being a partnership thing, that one person is doing the goal setting, they are going to be better at it. And they'll actually see it as their responsibility. And the other person, because they're not exercising those muscles, may not feel as competent and might feel a little overwhelmed. But I'll tell you this, I, I can tell you definitively, because I'm an English-French major, I am a little bit goal-driven, but I've learned these skills working with Gary, it's a, it's a skill, it's a muscle. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And every year, even if our life gets crazy, I feel like the process gets easier because we've been practicing it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I also think just opposites attract, right? So that's just part of it. Well, I'm going to argue, let's argue it right now. I don't think it's a pure nature thing. I don't think people are born to be goal setters. No, but I do think that some people are forward thinkers. Yes. Like they're kind of visionary and they're always looking at, and some people are just more like content to live in the moment. I agree with that completely. And I would say that's actually how you and I are. And I think some people out there who know me would be surprised for me to say like, hey, I wasn't really a goal setter. Um, you know, one of my, um, one of my mottos was, um, you know, like variety is the spice of life, live in the moment, like all of those things. And it's just been part of our journey through Keller Williams, through the one thing to really understand like what, what you want matters and the way you get there is through, is through goal setting. Well, then we were saying the same thing. What I didn't want someone to hear is because I didn't show up naturally this way, it's, it's somehow out of my reach or I'm going to be at a deficit. Yeah. You may start off having, I mean, I have to learn how to be better at the present. You've learned, I mean, it's, I think it is something that it is learnable and that people can get there faster than they think. That's what I'm wanting to make sure people hear. Hey folks, we hope you are enjoying this episode with Jay and Wendy Papazian. We want to take a minute to give you some an opportunity to reflect. What would be possible if every year you escaped your normal environment and had the chance to ask some of these powerful questions? You know, you had a model to follow so that you really could cast a vision for what you wanted out of life someday from now. And based on that, really th- establish where do I need to be in five years to be on track? And that way, when you go to set your goals for this upcoming year, you're going, hey, I know exactly what I have to do this next year. And I understand how that actually lines me up to living the kind of life I want, a life by design rather than a life by default. And if you've got people in your world that have a stake in your success, whether it be a significant other, a business partner, your team, what would it look like if you could do it together? What type of impact would that make if for the next year you could march forward and really feel the support from the people that matter most to you? You've just seen it. It's, it's amazing things become possible 
when you do a goal setting retreat. And we really hope that you will be the type of person who takes action this year. Sometime between now and the end of the year, can you time block a weekend? Or just a night, a 24-hour period for you to get out of your normal environment and set your goals. If you would like support in that, you got two options. First, if you'd like to join us in Austin, Jay and I are co-hosting the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat the weekend of November 9th and 10th. It's at a beautiful resort. If you'd like to learn more about that, go to the onething.com slash event. This is our signature event and it will sell out. It did last year. It was oversold. We've upgraded the space. You want to be there. And if you simply can't make it to Austin, when you go to the onething.com slash event, you can also learn about the online course. We are going to hear in a few weeks from Brock and Jenny Nyborg. Last year, they went to Florida and they were posted up on the beach and they fired up their computer and the course facilitated their retreat for them. And it completely changed their vision for their family and has helped them get unprecedented clarity this, this next year when it comes to where they need to be focusing their time. You're going to hear that in the next few weeks. It all starts by going to the onething.com slash event. We hope that you will at least pause the episode and check out the executive summary page and see if this is a fit for you. And if you are interested, who else in your world needs to come with you to this? And would you share it with them as well? It would mean the world to us. And hopefully we'll have the chance to hang out with you in November here in Austin. What language would you offer to somebody who's sitting listening to this and going, okay, I love the idea that you don't have to be born a goal setter. It's a skill that can be learned. And I desperately want my partner to go on this journey with me. And I have no clue what to say to them to make them interested. How do you phrase it in a way that that person's going to go, oh, that's what's in it for me? Well, I think you have to sell the benefits and you also have to give that permission, that person permission to live out their hopes and dreams. Because a lot of people, like maybe one, especially if someone's like a real driver, a real entrepreneur, the other person might might be very content with being the support person in that role. But yet at the same time, they still have their own hopes and dreams. And um, just giving that person, saying to that person, hey, you know what? I love that you support me. And I appreciate that about you. And I don't need you to be like me. You know, because I think most most people are like, well, I definitely don't want to be like that. Uh, and yet saying, I want you to live your best life as well. And and what does that look like for you? And for most people, honestly, most people have never asked that question of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're inside of Keller Williams, we get beat over the head with this, like live your best life and, and what can you do and take control of your life. And most people just aren't raised that way. And so giving them permission to share their hopes and dreams is is really powerful. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think some people haven't been taught that they have agency and giving them permission to strive and fail and but to set goals. That's how you get there, right? Um, yeah, I love that. That's a good answer. Yeah, and I don't think you have to be, you know, maybe some people uh, are worried that they're not going to meet the goal or that they're going to have to be you know, married to all their goals for the rest of their life. And, you know, I will tell you that often Jay and I look at our goals year over year. And there was something that felt very important, you know, last October that we put on there and it was going to be a priority and just it that never happened. So it clearly wasn't a priority and it's okay to be like, well, obviously we didn't dedicate any time to that. So well, setting goals doesn't make you a robot. Um, it doesn't guarantee you those goals, right? But it does make the things that you want a lot more likely because now you're at least planning for them. You're trying to make time for them. And in the sense of a couple's retreat, you're trying to make space in the marriage for them together. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think it's especially important on the issue of finances. You know, most divorces happen because couples aren't on the same page with finances. We haven't been taught about finances and we don't really have the big picture in mind, right? Like we don't really say, hey, we wanna be at this place when we're 50 or when we're 65, or we wanna be able to give this much money away. And getting simpatico on those things is is gonna help, it's gonna help your financial life, but probably also your marriage too. Yeah. yeah. What have you found as some of the top reasons that one partner might resist the idea of setting goals? 
One, I think that some people are already overwhelmed. Yeah. And so why in, the, why in the world are we adding to the pile when we're already in over our heads? Um, so I think that part of the goal setting process is identifying what the new things we're saying yes to. But you know this, Jeff, and I know you talk about this all the time in the podcast. But what happens when we really say yes to something? You say no to everything else. Right. And so, like again, you're you're agreeing. Yes, we are adding to it, but that by by default, that means what are we setting aside? What are we not going to say yes to so that we can take this vacation? Right? Because these things take planning. And if one person isn't on board, they can absolutely undermine that, right? And that they can go out and spend the vacation money at Target or whatever, a bar or whatever that is, because they're not on the same page, they're not aligned, and that creates resentment and that creates a cycle. And this is one of the ways you can kind of get out of that. Um, but I do think some people are just overwhelmed. They're like, okay, the idea of adding to this is just too much. Yeah. And I also think just this idea of creating space for it and time for it is huge. Like that might be the biggest thing that the retreat does is it allows you just to focus on, hey, really, what do what do we want? Thinking space. You know, so many mm. uh, entrepreneurs, they're just doers and they're just going, 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 and they never really stop to think like, oh, okay, where am I going with this? They're just, they're just doing. And so creating that the actual time, the actual time for it is a big part of it. Here, here's the lens. I kind of running with this. I'm just kind of having this a fun aha while we're here. You know, it might be that people are legitimately overwhelmed. And what they really need to do is hit time out on their life. And based on how they're investing their time and their energy and their money, can we just agree what our actual priorities are and why we're doing what we're already doing without even saying yes to one new thing? One of the gifts of this is you do get a chance to look at where you are and you get to ask the question, do we actually say yes to this or we just get sucked into this thing? Because it can be an opportunity to just do an overall assessment about what has to be said no to without even saying yes to anything else. Um, we've done that because we wanted to say yes to things like vacations and to building wealth and investing. But I don't know that that's absolutely necessary for this to be successful. It could just be a joint assessment of, hey, how are we spending our time? How are we spending our money? And are we doing that right? Do we want to shift those priorities? Yeah. Giving, I, I, giving the space as a couple to to really say, you know, what are the things you care about? You yeah. know, what is what what what's gonna bring you joy this year? Giving each other permission instead of doing all the things that we think we're supposed to do all the time. I, I will say there's there's when you said just part of it is getting away and having the space to ask the questions and search for the answers. I mean, Jay knows this because I do a four one one with him every week, but for the past two years, something that has shown up at the top of my 411 on a personal side has been a weekly meeting with my wife just so that we're on the same page around money, around the kids, around the calendar, all those things and it's a challenge. I have for the past 2 years I have not been on track with as many meetings as I wanted to because if you're just relying on oh let's get the kids down and we're going to do it before we watch TV you're relying on your willpower which is gone by the end of the day and we've had to get very intentional on what's our model for getting out of the house getting the kids taken care of so that we can be in a, a good environment where every single week we can actually talk about our life and our marriage and make sure that we're growing together and it's it's definitely something you have to focus on and make a priority Yep. All right, we're going to cheat. You're gonna, I'm going to interview you for a second because you're actually on track. And Wendy threatened to punch you in the mouth if you didn't get on track. So <laughs> I love that. And you created a great hack with Amy about how to have this meeting. Just share really quickly what your solution was for finding space with two small kids to have a weekly meeting. Sure. We go to the gym on Sunday mornings. The kids go to kids club. Amy and I go sit out by the pool and open up the computers and line our dominoes up so we get productive and we get tan. There you go. <laughs> so you had an existing expense, something you're already investing in the gym. The gym provides for a space of free childcare. You took advantage of that to get space so y'all could do your adult self-care. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's really committing to the work. Like I think about, you know, we've been we've been doing a weekly date night for, you know, 10 plus years. We've been over on 500, 600 dates, right? We think about the metrics of our business, right? We think about our numbers all the time and our profit goals and our revenue goals and it's like what are the metrics of your relationship? Think back to your experience. 
I know that a lot of people, they have fears deep down when they talk about setting goals together and going on this retreat. Like, oh my gosh, what if... Dot, dot, dot. What are some of those things that came to mind for you and that you've also witnessed with others? Well, I shared it already. I thought I was just in trouble when my wife invited me on this. And this was her way of breaking to me that she was leaving me or something. It wasn't that bad. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not good. I'm about to get a very calm talking to. But it actually was great. I do hear a lot uh, that people are afraid that they will come together to set goals with their spouse and discover that they both want different things. And my response is that's totally normal, right? That we're two human beings. And just because we chose to live together or be married together or to be partners in this thing does not mean that we're shackled at the ankle every minute of every day for the rest of our life. It's only natural that Wendy is going to go and do her trail run with her friends and that I might choose to go and do my fantasy football weekend, right? We're going to have separate lives together. And that's normal. And the challenge is if you don't communicate about that, then you don't understand why that gap is happening. And I've been, you know, you hear about people like, oh, you know, I'm a, uh, a football widow, right? Right. Well, if you had that conversation, maybe that's the only time he's getting to be with his friends or she's leaving me to go hang out with her friends. Like people can interpret that the wrong way and get the wrong message if we don't actually talk about why that's important to us individually. And when you said it earlier, you, you tell the benefits. And when I get this, we get this, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we get to, there's a reason that personal life comes before key relationships. If you don't take care of yourself, you may not be there to take care of the people that matter most. So it sounds selfish, but some amount of self-care is also looking out for the other people. Because if mm-hmm. you burn out, you get sick, right? You get worn down. You can't be there to support the person when they need them. Love that. Wendy, talk a little bit about Jake and Alex. Well, so last year at the Couples Goal Setting Retreat, a good friend of mine was there. And um, the reason they were there is they were definitely struggling with with the way their kind of life was unfolding. And, uh, you know, still still very much in love, but just feeling the struggle. Um, and the reason they were feeling the struggle is, is that Alex was spending about two weeks working in another state for her job. Every month. Every month. And they were just feeling the stretch of that. And again, I think it's just like sometimes you we're just going and and those of us that are entrepreneurs, we just we just do all the things and we never really stop to say like, hey, is this really what I want out of this life? Is this really what I want out of this life? And so they were able to take the space at the couple's goal setting retreat. She was resistant to coming. She did not want to come. And this is a very high powered, I don't know if she's entrepreneurial, but she's a very high powered businesswoman, has a very big job. And um, so they were able to take the space kind of come together. And while they were there, it was like a, it was like a light bulb went off for them both. Like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't how we want to live our life. And so, um, I ran into Jake, I guess when I was teaching in Philly a couple months ago, and he shared with me that he was going to, they were going to be moving from Philly and they were moving to the state where she had her job. Right. So the, so she's, Alex isn't going to be commuting all the time. And then what was wonderful about it was Jake ended up actually kind of finding a, 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 his dream job with maps business coaching and uh, and now they're much 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 happier so it's it's really a it, and it wasn't it wasn't because they're both not super smart people it wasn't because they, they probably are both goal setters i don't know uh but i think it was just having that space and having someone outside of yourself say, "Hey, you know, look, look internally right now. You know, we all need to do more of it. It's we're all, we're, you know, with social media and email and everything, we're always just on and doing and doing and doing, and we just do not do enough sitting and thinking about uh, the choices that we want for our lives." And, and like you said this morning, Jeff, at your class, you taught. You said it's really hard to read the label when you're inside the box, and uh, this is a chance for people to step out of their lives a little bit and and look at it objectively and say, hey, is this going okay? It's a kind of amazing how just 24 hours can give you such a rich perspective. But didn't you interview them? Like that's an episode. Yeah, he was episode 159. And, and the prior to both of them coming, Jake came to our first couple's goal setting retreat by himself because Alex would not come. 
And he said, well, the one thing I can do is still show up, learn the information and take action to be the best version of myself. And over the course of the year, he had such amazing results that Alex was finally like, okay, I'll taste some of this Kool-Aid. And she came with him and still, she, she admitted she was a little resistant to it, but it actually allowed them to have the conversations and get alignment. And now, when we talk about one thing coaching, that's Matt's business and Jake's the director of coaching for them now. So now we're in partnership with him too, which is cool. I'm curious, what do you think are for people who might be setting goals entrepreneurially? You know, They're just waking up and they're doing it based on their natural ability. What are they not doing from a model standpoint that they should be doing? Big hairy question. Yeah. Okay, so we've got how much time left on this? <laughs> Good book on that. I'll, I'll go to what I think are maybe we can talk about. Let's try. What are some of the top mistakes they're making? Right, entrepreneurially, I think that when people step out there, they get all excited. Maybe they're on vacation or it's just date night, and they say, "Let's make this big plan." You use language that. They don't know how to have a relationship with their goals. So one of the things in this that's a byproduct of this couples weekend, it's not just a snapshot in time where you say, let's go do these things. You walk out with a framework for how to continue having conversations about them. And so, I mean, I always am willing to demonstrate that right here in my notebook, I've got my 411 and underneath it, I've got our five-year goals. And that way, like they're always with me. If we need to talk about them, they're never they're in my backpack. And at least once a month, we kind of settle down and ask, "How are we doing?" And I think this year we both had a lot of struggles. I got moved into a new job, went from like seven to thirty-four employees. You had several of your team members take we new moved. opportunities. Yeah. We moved. Had I had two surgeries in twelve yeah. months. I mean, we've had our share of uh, yeah. twists and turns. And I mean, we were like nightly going on walks and revisiting our priorities. Um, so having a framework that you've agreed upon, man, that allows you to keep the conversation going. Um, and that to me is like, if there was just one thing that people did besides go and get on the page is make a commitment like your weekly meetings with your wife and how you've had to hack that with small kids. How do we keep this conversation going? So it's not just that great weekend where we thought things were going to change. And And I would just... And I would just say that these are the habits that we've built up over, you know, the last 15 years. It's not something that is going to come naturally to you overnight necessarily. And this, even the 411 habit, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the same kind of level of intensity with the, with the 411 that Jay did maybe until I started my real estate career, which was about 10 years into that. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's really just, I would just say, listen, this is not a, it's a journey, right? It's a journey. It's not a destination. And yep. don't beat yourself up if you're, if you're, you know, like I, I literally hear you saying that all the time, Jeff, like, just don't beat yourself up. Like you guys are in a way better place than you were last year. And I can personally attest, you know, it's been fun to watch Amy's journey right? Because when we're beat over the head with this all the time at Keller Williams at every training, it, it's all seeped into us, into our you know kind of consciousness. And our partners don't get the benefit of that. And as someone who was married to someone who was inside of Keller Williams for, for 10 years before I joined, you know, I would hear some of it and I didn't really start to adopt a lot of these habits and models until I joined KW because it's very yeah. foreign. And, and so just for those of you, we're, we're throwing a lot of terms out there. Jay and Wendy both mentioned 411. If you don't know what that is, it's a tool that gives you clarity on your priorities, which if you go to the one thing.com, that's with the number one in the URL and you click on free stuff, you can check out the 411 there. You can also check out um, some of the questions that Jay and Wendy suggested in this, which is the kick-ass guide to your couple's goal setting retreat. All that's available for free. So you guys can get that there and, and get started. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great quality applicants apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how he found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter 
Get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter.com for free at our exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash one thing. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G. ZipRecruiter.com slash one thing. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thinking about making a big life change like switching jobs or leveling up more skills can be super exciting. But when it comes down to actually doing it, so much can stop you. The cost, the uncertainty, the fear that things will be more difficult or that maybe you just don't know where to start. If you've been waiting for the sign that it's time for the next big thing in your life, say hello to Thinkful. Thinkful is a tech bootcamp that's focused around your success. They offer immersive and flexible courses in software engineering and data science, data analytics, and product design. You can launch a career completely online with the full support of a one-on-one mentor and a network base in your local area. Thinkful is focused on high-growth fields that are building the future of the tech industry. That's why their graduates have joined the ranks of companies like Google, Amazon, IBM, and Boeing. If you're ready to join the world's next workforce, your time is now. Visit thinkful.com slash the one thing today and learn more about their courses and start building the future you want. That's T-H-I-N-K-F-U-L dot com slash the one thing. Cheryl asked an interesting question, which is, um, how do you handle being a husband and wife team where there's struggle with who ultimately is the leader? And, you know, a lot of people have separate careers, but how do you deal with this when you're in the same boat and it is literally sink or swim? Well, so Jay and I don't actually work together, although we own a lot of businesses together. Uh, so we we are very complementary in our strengths, and we've never we've never actually tried to work together. But I, I think it could work out, maybe. Maybe. And, I like being able to come home and say what you do today yeah, versus knowing that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but at the same time, what I've heard from couples who do work together, and it's very common, is to is everybody you know everybody needs to understand who their role is, and if you've got mm-hmm. two strong people that are maybe running your your business, um, that's probably a recipe for disaster. You know, I don't really know too many companies where there's not an ultimate person in charge. And I don't know how you how you go about picking that person, you know, and I think that would be hard to say, but but if you're staying in your own lane, right, every single day, I think it makes it a lot easier. I've heard people, um, they have separate offices, they don't work side by side, uh, because I think everybody wants to come home and feel like, oh, I, I, I want to hear about your day and I want you to be a husband now and not my, my, not my partner or I don't want to have to hold you accountable, all of those things. So. Everything you said is true. And I'll just echo, I think what works in business works in life. It's very rare that you see a co-CEO situation work. Um, not only are the two CEOs confused about whose job it is, um, but so are all the people that report to them, right? Who's actually making the decision? Do I go to Jay or do I go to Wendy? And so I think that what you're saying, clearly identify what's your role in the business, what's my role in the business. And the most successful couples, I think about the Locans, right? They've clearly delineated the parts of the business that they're both in charge of and they're both powerful leaders. And there are examples if you're paying attention to how this works out. But understanding your role, understanding their role and honoring it. I get to be a partner in Wendy's business. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I have to first show up as her husband. And I have to, she has to ask me for coaching about her business. And otherwise, I, you know, I might be a successful coach and divorced, right? You don't want that. <laughs> well, Jay's let me fail forward a lot too, which I think is, uh, that's a. That's, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, no. Well, I think it's a, I think it is actually you, that, and that's hard. That must be hard for you to do because I know that you've given me advice and then I've not taken it. And then years later, never happens. That I, never happens. I've come back and been like, oh, shoot, I should have listened to you back then. And you have to be okay with that. And I think that's. There was that one time you said you were right. That happened once. I'm pretty sure about it. I remember um, that day. It was but a I, day for you. There's lots of examples in our industry and other industries you can look for. It. Just figure out, like, okay, I'm in charge. Now, just say reality. If you're planning on staying married forever, right, you're, you're committed to this thing, there's going to be times where Wendy's leading and there's going to be times where I'm leading. And you have to be in communication. Again, all of this is about alignment and communication. Where are you? There was a time earlier this year where I could not have made it without Wendy's support. 
And there was a time this year where I'd like to think that I was also helping her get through the mire. And that was in just a couple of months period. But over the course of our lives, there's going to be times like where I do the checkbook, you do the checkbook. And it can get, as long as you are in agreement about who's in charge of what, and you honor that agreement, then everything's going to work out. You both brought up uh, a magic word, accountability. I'm, I think I've lived this, and I, I know for for somebody who hasn't done their retreat yet, and they're going to do it this year. They're going to have these awesome conversations with their partner. They're going to get clarity. They're going to feel this alignment, and throughout the course of the year, going to fall off track. Mm-hmm. And one person might be more committed to that goal than the other, and is going to be tempted to. Be the coach to bring accountability and say, this is what we said we're going to do. We're not doing it. What are we doing about that? Talk to us about permission and accountability in that relationship. Well, I think it goes to, it's really, you know, it's really not about the, it's not a, it's really not about that. It's not about accomplishing that specific activity. Like that's just going to happen. It's really about reminding them to, of the bigger picture. Like this is what we said we wanted. You know, and that's the nice thing about the the couples goal setting retreat is like we can agree on the fact that the this is where we want to be in a few years, and these are the reasons why. And so, just reminding them, like, hey, this is really what we wanted for our life and our goals. And if we don't do these things, then we're probably not going to not going to get there. Like, is this still important to you? So, I think it's a weird thing. I don't. I think we can choose to be accountable to each other. I don't think either of us ever gets the right to hold the other person accountable. I know that's playing with language, but I can choose to be accountable to my kids. Uh, They don't get to hold me accountable. And I think that's a choice for all adults. And I think there's perspective. Hey, we we were saving up for a car. And there's the idea that someone's not committed to it and they're not gonna help out in that journey. And they might even actively undermine it. Well, that's a conversation that we need to seek understanding. So I thought we agreed to this. Why is this no longer important? Because the reality is people shouldn't be divorced over a, a Corolla. But <laughs> they, they probably should think about, is this the right place for me if they systematically are undermining each other's intentions? So let's not make it about the moment. Let's look for the pattern and always be seeking to understand. And so those conversations are not about holding anybody accountable. They should be about choosing to be accountable to each other. Hey, we agreed to this. Help me understand where you're coming from, right? Do, I, do you need my help, right? I would first go there. Then why are you letting me down? And this is advice you gave me because I naturally go to being the person who brings accountability. And I was shocked when my wife did not respond well to accountability around a budget. Shocked. She did not love the money accountability. Um, and you just you asked me questions around how can I support her? Less about how can I hold her accountable, but how can I be a better partner and better support for her, ensuring that we have clarity around where we're going. And truth is, she didn't want me to hold her accountable. I did not have her permission. Yeah. So that's important for people to know, right? You're on a journey. We've set goals together and it's about supporting each other. I mean, it's much bigger than this year's goals, right? Hopefully it's about raising great kids and having an amazing relationship. It's not about the car or the house or, I mean, those things are important. Um, but it's about being connected and being in alignment. And how can we do that? Even if our goals change, because people change. Of course. Yep. Hey, that's not important to me anymore. I forgot to tell you. Great. Now you know. Now, how do we move forward from here? The conversation fixes a lot of stuff. Well, and I would say that um, this is kind of strays into marital coaching, I guess. But one of the things that I think Jay and I have always done is we've put our marriage at the forefront of everything. And we've modeled that for our kids and my kids. They're probably scarred because I always tell them like, hey, I picked your dad, but you're random. <laughs> and, uh, and so your dad and I come first. And, um, and so I think, you know, for me, this is, the, this is my primary relationship. This is, you know, this is, this is it for me. Yeah, I've communicated that as well. I mean, we both know if there's a burning building, we're going in to save the kids. Well, right? yeah. But on a day-to-day basis, we get to role play what it means to have a a good relationship because this is for a lot of people going to be the most important relationship in their life. So that is a, an important part of our job, I think, as parents too. Well, Liz asked a great question around this, which is what what are some of the best strategies that you found for being a great husband or a great wife, setting the, uh, the business and the goal setting aside? Two of the habits we've built that I think have been really huge around our marriage, not 
besides this goal setting retreat, we chose to start working out together in the mornings. And so we get up in the mornings and we work out now with the trainer. And those extra time before the kids are away, it's funny when you're doing burpees on the mat and the before there's some kind of bonding that happens there. I don't know. We're both being hazed. It's something, <laughs> it's something's happening, but it's like an extra three or four hours a week where we have a chance to communicate what's happening. And there are a couple of other habits we did. You know, you were saying for like at least 10 years, we've been doing a date night on Wednesday nights. We don't get to go every Wednesday, but we try to make our week revolve around that idea. Um, and as our kids have gotten older, we can now, like, because they're teenagers, we can actually go out on a Friday night without worrying about a babysitter. But that idea that but we, we were... we still go out on Wednesday. Yeah, we still go out on Wednesday. Yeah. But we look up and we were making regular investments of time in this marriage. And that time is space for us to talk. And for a long time there, we we got a dog. I did not know this was going to happen. But we started meeting in the afternoon to take our dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. And it was more of a, there's no TV, there's no phones, right? We're just out there on the trail with the dog talking about how our day was going. And I think finding rituals to regularly reconnect have the conversation, have the opportunity for things to surface when they're not, you're not in such a deficit. Someone's so angry or feeling so left out that there's too many emotions. However you choose to do that, I think that would be a really important part of this. Well, and the other thing that we did was when I was, when I was staying at home, you remember when you worked out uh, a little further out, you would call me on the way home and I would do whatever I could just to be on the phone because when you have little children, you know, you remember what it was like coming home. You know, I'm like maybe handing a baby off to you and it's just all the things. It's just everything. And if you've got, you know, as the kids get older, there's kids in sports and you there and this and that. And, and so just taking that little bit of, you know, it was like a 15 minute phone call every day on the way home. And I cherish that. Yeah, yeah, I cherish that phone call. You said earlier that maybe you were a stay-at-home mom and maybe you had a lot of time on your hands. I almost laughed out loud because <laughs> I knew you had no time, but you probably had a lot of time alone with your adult thoughts while people yeah. were gurgling and barfing right. and pooping around yeah, the house. A lot of thinking time. Yes. What, what would you say to go high level are the top benefits of somebody doing their retreat? I think uh, shared common understanding of where we're going. I think when we both agree on where we're going and somewhat make a plan on how to get there, it really informs a lot of the decisions that our partners are making all the time. You know, Wendy is social. She threw a little cocktail party before our mid-year event. And I mean, the night before I was going to be on stage for seven hours in front of 15,000 people, we were going to have 150 people at our house. To be fair, I got you a hotel room. You did. You did. But because I understand what you're doing, right? I knew that you were building towards an event, your Amplify event with your friends, that this is part of your business networking. I didn't resent it. And I was like, I was on the fence about whether going and staying in a hotel room. But I was like, okay, thank you for doing that. But we both understood where each other was coming from. And it sounds a little weird. Oh, I'm we're living in the same town, we're in the same town, and he's in a hotel. Um, why is that? But it made perfect sense because we both had context. So I think that common goal and the and I I'll emphasize again building a way to talk about it, right? Have a relationship with it. It just informs it. We're not assuming malice, right? You know, I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's like Occam's razor. It's one of those things. But we often um, ascribe malice or ill will to things that are just ignorance. You know, people will say that dude cut me off. It would take like race car, like, you know, skills to actually cut you off in traffic without having an accident. No one does that intentionally. They do it unconsciously. And I think having this dialogue, this relationship with our goals, we're not making those assumptions when our partner does things that are unexpected or unpleasant. We actually have a lot more context around that. Yeah, well, I love what you said. It's shared understanding. It's a plan to get there and and building a way to actually talk about your relationship and what you want together. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. So for, for, for people, if you're interested in doing this this year, um, if you go to the one thing.com slash training, that's with the number one in the URL, the one thing.com slash training, there's two options on there. First, if you want to join us in November this year in Austin, we're facilitating a retreat for about 300 people. It's going to be at a beautiful resort on the lake here in Austin. You can go to the event section and learn more about it there. And if you can't make it to Austin, 
We also have an online version so that at a time of your choosing from anywhere around the world, you can just fire up your computer and have us facilitate it for you. And um, it's been really amazing to see the impact that it's made in people's lives, whether it's couples, business partners, teams, and individuals. So onething.com slash training. So can you give an example of, of how you structure your goals around finances and investments? One of the benefits we got is I got to participate in researching uh, the millionaire real estate investor with Gary. That was pretty transformative in how I viewed money. Been a couple of years just reading finance books. And I got a big, for a French English major, I got a lot of education fast. But one of the things I walked away from Gary in that relationship was this idea that if there's only one thing that we need to focus on for our finances, it's our net worth and Mm -hmm. having a goal around it and making that a positive number and a growing number. And Wendy and I, like, it, there's a longer story there. Like, you know, Mo Anderson making us do that exercise where we found out our net worth. There's some, you know, different dominoes that lined up here, but we both agreed to set some goals around our net worth. And I will tell you that on a really simple level, um, identifying your net worth, which is basically adding up all the stuff that you own, your assets, and subtracting all the stuff you owe, your debts, the remainder of that, positive or negative, is your net worth. And act of calculating that number is amazingly educational. You understand that when you buy some things, your net worth goes up. And when you invest in other things, it goes down. And Mm -hmm. you start to get smarter and smarter progressively around money. That was really our our fundamental relationship beyond like, before we knew that, like, how do we commingle our income? How do we like, we had to live on cash for a while because we're trying to figure out how to live within our budget when both people had the power to go to Target without talking to the other person. Right. And, you know, when you had small incomes, but we had those little things, but fundamentally it's been the net worth journey. Yeah. And I, I would say it's just like sometimes I, cause I teach classes now on how to build your wealth and I know what our net worth number is. And I just like, I can't even believe it really. And, and, and it's really, um, you know, cause we started out in such a very different place and maybe some of you are at that place right now and just understand that your life can look very different in five years. It can look very different in 10 years and it can look vastly, vastly different in 15 years. And that's what we're talking about here is our 15 year journey of goal setting and looking into our hearts and figuring out what we want and where we want to be and intentionally working towards them, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wow, here I am. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about what's happened with Hot Millionaires in terms of just having people track their net worth on a monthly basis and the shift that you've seen like in 12 months, what happens? Yeah, I mean the the bigger perspective is we we we'll tell agree- them what that is. Yeah, we we made a goal of as we built our wealth that we wanted to help ten other people. We just set a goal, right? Let's we keep talking about this, right? Let's set a goal to help ten people become millionaires. And we started talking about that, but we had no plan to go with it. I mean, I even asked a friend of mine that I took I borrowed that goal from Ben. I was like, "What are you doing to track that?" And it wasn't really happening. So we came up with a way to do that, and that was a monthly meeting where we gathered some like-minded individuals from our teams. And if they were really interested in growing their wealth, we would host a potluck at someone's house every month. And we would talk about building wealth. And the only condition was every month you had to show up and you had to share your net worth. Mm -hmm. And so I think last year, was it people's net worth grew by an average of like 4% every month? Yeah, about like 3.7 something. Which is a lot. Month over month. Yeah, month yeah. over month. And you know, a lot of them weren't even investing yet. Just the act of being conscious of it and knowing they're going to have to report on it. What you focus on, right, is going to improve. And we saw that in spades. We had one person go from negative like 44,000 to positive. We've seen some real transformations um, as people have either gotten out of debt and gotten into the positive or grown their net worths in really tremendous ways. So yeah. it well, works. Yeah, and on Monday, three three of our members... Um, hit their annual net worth goal, including you, Jeff and Amy, which is awesome. And that's just, that's so great. It's just such a good feeling. Small deposits over time, right? You know, like an hour and a half a month, right? And the time it took to prepare for that can yield really great things. Yeah, think big, small. 
start now. And, and I'll share just for from I've I have always known what my net worth was. My wife didn't, and for us, like we do a four one one, but on a monthly basis, just to have a tab where we update what our net worth is, and we use Mint as software that links all of our bills together, so it quickly just tells us what our net worth is. But looking at a monthly basis, when it goes up, it feels awesome, and when it slips backwards, all of a sudden you're going okay, like. This is what our activities are leading us toward. That's the facts. How do we feel about that? Based on that, what are we going to do differently? And you, you make changes. Yep. Well, well folks, good thing. we make a point of that in our retreats to get people focused on, do you have a budget? Do you have agreed upon where, we're gonna, where our money goes when we earn it? Because when you mentioned it earlier, um, the number one reason most couple fights is money. So let's at least try to, and you know, act in order of priority, can we at least try to mitigate the number one detractor from our happiness and make sure that's happening? And then we can focus on the next priority. That's right. It's not that's about right. just being rich. Um, it's about having a rich relationship. Yeah, I'm curious for those of you who are here live, out of everything that we've covered over the last 55 minutes, what is your biggest aha so far? And Jane, Wendy, you can answer too, because you guys have shared a lot of wisdom. I know Meg, someone pointed out that I make really good eye expressions. And now I'm really <laughs> self-conscious about that. It's the baby blues. <laughs> I, I, need, says, I need to find my Jay Wendy in my life. <laughs> well, come, come meet him, Meg. Creating metrics for the health of our relationship. That yeah. couples can get together and talk about this stuff without fighting. Uh, we need to work separately. Currently, we're almost together 24-7. Rebecca says, you don't have to keep the other person accountable. Love that. Having a framework to refer to, says Elizabeth. Accountability is a permission versus a right. Love that, Rob. Learn how to be in relationship with your goals. That's, that's a big one. I mean, when we talk about why we're even in business. Oh, Via, I'm so busted that I'm wearing the necklace I borrowed from there you. There you go. When we talk <laughs> about why we're in business. <laughs> You guys are distracting me. I'm blushing now again. Sorry. There you go. We're, we're great at setting goals, but we're not great at having a relationship with them. We have a sense of what we want, but we don't know the one thing we can do today to be on track. And this changes that. So th- thank you. Um, share your vision with your spouse on a regular basis. Permission to offer feedback and accountability. Alignment and a framework. We need to start tracking our net worth. That's awesome. That'll You do that on a monthly basis over the next year. Uh, that will... That can change your world. Agreeing on one metric to set and track. Talk about the benefit, says Liz. Folks, you nailed it. Um, and we really appreciate you making the investment of your time in this webinar. And if this has helped you, we will send a replay out. It'll be released on the podcast as well. Please share it. This is, I mean, for, for Jay and Wendy, this is a purpose thing. This is the, the legacy that they want to leave. And it has changed thousands of lives so far. And you have immense power to share this with the people that you care about most. And this is a tool to enlist their support if you're struggling to get them on board. And if you're interested in joining us, go to the onething.com slash training under the event section. You'll see the details for our couples retreat. And if you can't make it, go into the master course section and you can see how you can get the course and have the course facilitated for you or your retreat facilitated for you at a time of your choosing. So thanks so much, folks. We really appreciate you. And we will be with you next month for our next webinar. Have a good one. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Jay and Wendy Papazan on proven practices for setting goals as a couple. Folks, the the things that really stand out to me are that what Jay said, it, it's, it, it's not nature, it's nurture. Um, he doesn't know if, if we're all born as goal setters. It's a skill that you learn over time. And sure, there are some of us that have been naturally achievement-oriented. And I bet if we look in our environment, there were things that helped us develop that skill. And it's not uncommon for one partner to be more forward-focused, more goal-setting, and the other to not at all. It's actually not about being the same person. Gary Keller, I heard him say, op- the re- there's a reason opposites attract. It's because you complete each other. So instead of trying to make the other person a goal setter when they might not be, how do you extend an invitation for you to simply get on the same page, to get a better understanding of what matters to them in their life? What are the things that they want to be focusing on? What can you do over the next year to support them? And how do you establish a rhythm so that 
throughout the year. It's not just something that you put down on a piece of paper, but you can actually have a relationship with that person and those goals. That's what it means to live a life by design rather than a life by default. If you would like support, go to theonething.com slash event and learn about the retreat that we're facilitating here or learn about the master course that'll facilitate your retreat at a time of your choosing anywhere around the world. It's changed lives and it's amazing to see what happens. We really appreciate you investing your time in this episode. If it's helped you, please think of one person that you can share it with. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Please click the subscribe button. That way, all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. In the last episode, we talked to Brock and Angie Nyborg. You got to hear their story about how they did their goal-setting retreat in Florida on the beach using the course and how it changed their vision for their family and the specific things they've done this past year to line themselves up for building the type of life and family that they want to have. In the next episode, you're going to get to hear from Kaylin Les and Brent Wallace about what their life looked like when they did their first goal-setting retreat last year. It's all coming up in the next episode, so make sure that you are subscribed. And while you're at it, leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It really helps us live our purpose of reaching more people and changing the way that they view time so they can have a relationship with their goals. Thank you for listening to The One Thing Podcast, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.